Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America. Welcome to the 21st ever show of All Around Sports, live from the City of Champions, Boston, Massachusetts. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. So fall is suddenly in the air here in New England, and as September dawns with Labor Day weekend, traditionally the best weekend of the year in Boston with the Deutsche Bank Golf Tournament, Sox-Yankees just completed, and Texas Rangers coming in for a weekend series. The Patriots hosting the Giants last night. And, uh, oh yeah, 100,000 college students moving into town. I know in golf uh, they call Saturday moving day, but trust me, there is no moving day like the ones we experience here on Labor Day weekend as U-Hauls rule the road. And this is a perfect segue to start uh, start off this golf theme show. And to join the show, the call in number is one eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which goes right through my website at www.iirsports.com. So as always, it was another wild week in sports, and as usual, I would discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news, as well as take you inside my event of the week that I attended, which was covering the Deutsche Bank Golf Championship that uh, I have basically spent every waking minute at this week. So we're going to start this week with uh, the lowlight of the week, which was, uh, again, as always, has a, a sports connection, but it's the aftermath of Hurricane Irene, which has just wreaked havoc all, all along the East Coast with death and destructions, towns literally cut off, power outages, trees down everywhere, including my backyard. Quite a wild day on Sunday, I must say. Uh, wild, but yet not what I would call dangerous, so... Uh, very interesting, to say the least. But, you know, sports has also suffered with massive rescheduling, again, all up and down the coast uh, here in the Northeast, and even locally where the UConn football game was uh, moved from to tomorrow from last night since their 
stadium is being used as a staging area to distribute emergency supplies to town. So, uh, believe me, it's been crazy up here all week, uh, up in New England, as it has uh, many, many places in the eastern United States. Um, but hopefully we'll come out of it sometime over the weekend and, and everybody will get their power back finally. And my bizarre sports story of the week is the former NHL player Wade Belak committing suicide, becoming the third enforcer found dead since May. This truly qualifies as bizarre, and the NHL simply must act on this immediately. Uh, it's just, uh, this is one of those, you know, drop everything you're doing and attend to this immediately because something's very, very wrong when uh, you have the third guy died in the last four months and he actually hanged himself. So, and he was scheduled to be a sideline reporter. So it's again, bizarre is the only word. So, and uh, now we're going to move into golf and not surprisingly, my highlight of the week is from the nearby TPC Boston course where, uh, where the Deutsche Bank championship is being played. And uh, where just yesterday I witnessed an impromptu act of kindness by Phil Mickelson that, again, was my highlight of the week. Uh, I was standing uh, on the ropes as Phil came off the course after finishing his round, and he was signing autographs and taking pictures. And a little girl about two years old was crying in her father's arms, and uh, <clears throat> Phil asked what was wrong and, and what the girl's name was. And after the dad responded, Phil took off his golf glove, wrote a very personal note, and signed it. Then handed it to the little girl, uh, handed his glove to the little girl, saying, I saved this especially for you, Julia, which just simply blew away the large crowd that was standing around, including myself. And uh, you can't script moments like this. Uh, <clears throat> having witnessed athletes up close and personal throughout my career, I know genuine when I see it, and this was that. So it's no wonder that Phil was invited to take batting practice and then... Uh, Throughout the first pitch at Fenway Park last night for the Sox-Yankees game. And then uh, he followed up PGA winner Keegan Bradley throwing out the first pitch on Wednesday night. And, uh, and then Keegan followed that up by uh, tossing the coin last night for the Patriots-Giants preseason game over in Foxborough. So that leads right into my previously mentioned uh, event of the week, the Deutsche Bank, uh, where... Um, <clears throat> which officially got underway this morning. And <clears throat> on Wednesday, I had the pleasure of uh, attending Keegan Bradley's news conference. And while we're on the subject of Phil Mickelson, let's jump right in with uh, Keegan's description of his relationship with Phil. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to have to look up to somebody for so long and then be able to, you know, call him on the phone and text him and talk to him and get some advice from him. Um, you know, Phil is a really, really great guy. Besides being a great golfer, I mean, he's he's really helped me. He's been so nice to me. Uh, I've got to play some practice rounds with him, and and he's a big part of the big part of the reason why I've I've won twice. You know, I uh, I he he's helped me with my routine and some late tee times, which is very important, especially PGS tee up at three three thirty. And then, you know, like at the PGA, I'm, I'm walking to go get some balls in the range. And I'm walking by Phil, and he gives me a fist pound and says, you know, go get him today. I mean, 
if you would have told me five years ago that that would have happened, I probably would have started laughing at you. So it's uh, it's really cool, and he he should he deserves a lot of credit. I mean, the guy is just just a really great guy. And Keegan Bradley, uh, as many of you now know, uh, he grew up outside Boston in Hopkinton, Massachusetts, which is in the same high school league as my town, Medfield, Massachusetts, and uh, it's called the Tri-Valley League. So he is a hometown boy, and he loves his Sox, loves his Patriots, and uh, here's what Keegan had to say about uh, throwing out the first pitch at Fenway Park on Wednesday night. Yeah, yeah. one of my dreams of my whole life has been to be able to throw out the first pitch at Fenway, and I got to realize that dream last night in front of my whole family, in front of a bunch of my friends, and... Uh, it was a, a strange feeling beyond on the mound at Fenway, but it, it lived up to the hype, and uh, it's something I'll never forget. And then here's what Keegan had to say about his first pitch, which was uh, serious pressure, shall we say. Well, you know, I, talking to all my buddies, they've said, you better not bounce that thing in there. And uh, I, just, I just didn't want to bounce it. I, I would give myself a B-minus. I, you know, I, I got Dustin Pedroia, who, who got down in a, a catcher's stance. He's kind of a small guy anyways, and it was a small target, but it was, you know, I, I was afraid that I, I was so nervous that I was afraid I was going to fall on my face or do something embarrassing, so I was happy with it. And we were all happy with it, too, and here's what, uh, here's what Keegan had to say about uh, returning home for the first time since winning golf's final major in Atlanta just a few weeks ago. It's so good to be here in Boston. Uh, you know, we've been... We've been dealing with some some brutal heat the last couple of weeks. We come out here; it's so nice out. Uh, you know, I'm just—it's really cool to to be out here with all my friends and family and to hit off the same grass that I grew up on and the same rough. Uh, it's just a—it it really feels like home. I played in, uh, in Hartford, but this is even more so at home. I mean, it's it's it's. I get I, I, the first time I ever saw Tiger Woods at a golf shop was on my 14th hole out here, and it's I'm, I just it's just a cool. Uh, Cool feeling to be here. And speaking of Tiger Woods, uh, here's a little uh, more detail on Keegan's uh, seeing Tiger uh, hit his first shot. Playoffs, I, I can't exactly remember, but I remember it was that tee shot, and I remember watching. It's the first time I ever saw Tiger hit a shot. And uh, I, I, I came and used to watch this tournament, and it was weird being out there getting a few flashbacks of like watching some of the guys play back when I was in, in high school. And, you know, I always find it fascinating how someone's uh, life just literally changes uh, in a matter of minutes. And that's what happened uh, with the PGA for when he basically triple bogeyed the 15th hole, basically was five shots behind. And within the next hour, he came from nowhere, came back to win it. And here's how his life has changed since that day. It's, it's, changed, it's changed a lot. Um, you know... I did grow up in a small town in Vermont, so this is all a little new to me. But you know, this is this is things that that us as players we we look for because that means we're doing something right. And you know, it it has changed. Going to the Red Sox game, I was walking around and people giving me high fives, you know, congratulating me. So you know, it's changed, but all in great ways. Like I, I enjoy coming in here. I mean, coming in here and talking to you guys means that I've. I'm doing something pretty well. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with, with all the people that, that come up to me and congratulate me. It, it really means a lot to, for, for them to, 
to know what's going on, and, and I appreciate it. And another way that life has changed for Keegan is uh, all of a sudden he can start to think about things like player of the year. It's amazing. So here's his thoughts on that. I think every player wants to win player of the year. You know, it would be amazing to me. Um, i got a long, a long way to go. And, you know, these, these FedEx Cup playoffs are so important to, all, to us all. And I, I haven't, you know, this is kind of a, a cliche answer, but I haven't even thought past that. You know, I... You know, getting to the tour championship was a goal of mine at the start of the year, and, and that's a, that's a really I got a really good chance of getting there, and contending for the FedEx Cup, and then you know, I guess Player of the Year too, which is which is you know it's almost weird saying it, but I uh, you know I know it's a cliche answer, but I'm just trying to these playing out here on the PGA Tour is so tough that I even thinking about to Atlanta is I shouldn't be thinking about Atlanta, so I'm that's. A little bit too far. And as all you golf fans know, the when you win the PGA, you win the Wanamaker Trophy, which is truly one of the great trophies in all of sports. And here's what Keegan is doing with his Wanamaker. Wanamaker's uh, it went on a little tour at Jupiter for a few days, but now it's 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 done. It's it's in its final spot, and uh, I actually keep it in my room. So when I wake up every day, I I see it and. It, Every, every time I look at it, I, I kind of shake my head and laugh a little bit because there's the Wanamaker trophy sitting in my room, and it's weird. It's, a, it's an interesting feeling. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And so, Keegan, uh, as you can tell, very, very likable guy and a person who really is uh, just loving life right now. And so he is currently competing uh, as we speak in uh, day one of the Deutsche Bank Classic, uh, the only tournament that ends on a Monday in the PGA, in this case, Labor Day. So he's in the hunt for the FedEx Cup. Uh, that's the goal here. It's top two on the, in the playoffs, uh, the Deutsche Bank Championship is. So here's Keegan's thoughts on FedEx points. Well, the, the, the biggest thing right now for me is to, to try to downplay this week as much as I can, because not only is it in my hometown, in front of my whole family, but I mean, this is... A lot of FedEx Cup points in the line. This is an important week, so you know it's especially after missing the cut last week. You know, coming always a week after you miss the cut it seems to be a little different feel to it. Uh, it's it's going to be my it's my hardest battle of every week that I play as I have to try to downplay it. It's it's going to it's going to be tough. And after winning a major, in addition to thinking about things like FedEx points. Uh, to the victors go the spoils. So you also, so Keegan also gets to think about uh, the upcoming Presidents Cup. Presidents Cup. It's it's. I really want to be on the team. I I want to earn my way on the team first and foremost. I I can I still got plenty of time and um, I think Fred Couples is a great captain. He knows exactly what he's doing. Tiger Woods is one of the best players ever to play. I think it was you know. That's not a bad choice at all. And, you know, anybody that he picks, he knows best. He's played so many of these things. I, I, I you know, to be picked, if I was to be picked by Fred Couples, it would be the tops on my list as, in terms of coolest things happening to me so far in my career. Uh, but, you know, again, it's, it's another situation where it's another thing to put a little extra pressure on myself, which I got to try to downplay. And uh, but you know, any any player wants to play for their country in the Ryder Cup or President's Cup. So 
I hope to be there, but if I'm not, I, I hope to be in future teams. So there you have it, Voice America. Golf's rising new star, Keegan Bradley. Uh, we haven't heard the last of him. He, again, is just very likable. He's a, just a rock star walking around uh, the Deutsche Bank course here in Boston this weekend. Uh, again, his hometown. And uh, just really a uh, very impressive guy. And uh, certainly we all wish him well. And, and now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from outside the huddle likes to say, Time to pay some bills, so let's take our break, and on the other side, we'll have more golf. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net which comes right through my website of www.iirsports.com. And it's typically that time of the show when we have guests join us, but uh, I've gotten so much good golf info this week uh, that we're going to listen to some more Deutsche Bank Championship audio uh, that I've been picking up uh, while roaming the course the past three days. And uh, one of the more interesting clips that I got was uh, from 
one of the players, William McGirt, who is a very gregarious guy and very likable. And he gave what I consider just one of the best descriptions I've ever heard about what it's like to simply get onto the PGA Tour, where today he is competing in the Deutsche Bank Championship for the FedEx Cup. So here's William McGirt talking about his career path. Before, I mean, I barely, if I even covered expenses, I barely covered expenses for the year. 2005 was basically the same way. Um, in 2006, I played really well. Um, was able to put some money in the bank. 2007, I had one of my best years ever. Um, but 2006, I missed getting to the finals of Q School by, I think, two shots. And 2007, 2008, I missed by one. And what, what made it really tough was I hit such good putts on the last hole. Both times I hit the hole, they just didn't go in. And, um, you know, after 08, I was pretty devastated. Because, you know, I felt like I played well. You know, I, I had gone to the ombre for second stage every time. And in 2008, I think I shot three or four under a number that had won a couple of years prior to that. Um, and I didn't think it played that easy. And, um, you know, it, it was starting to get frustrating. You know, I was like, I've either got to find a way to get a lot better or, you know, maybe it's time to go get another job or something. Um, and, and I decided to give it one more go around in 2009. Um, I really didn't play all that well during the year. I had a couple of good tournaments here and there, but I was finally able to get to finals of Q School and get some status. You know, I came out of Q School with conditional nationwide status. It wasn't it wasn't great. I ended up being uh, first alternate for Australia, New Zealand, and Panama. So I missed getting those by one spot, so it's kind of frustrating. No, I did not go. Um, I actually had a flight on hold for Australia. Um, I knew there was one person that was playing in the host that may or may not go, depending on if it's top ten. Um, so I kind of had a flight on hold you know, with that option still in the back of my mind. But I went down to Monday for Honda, and I was like third alternate at the time for Bogota. When I got done, I had a message that I was in the tournament, so uh, I just drove on down to Miami and flew down to Bogota. Ended up finishing tied for third, set me up for the rest of the year last year. Um, three of the first four tournaments, I finished top ten, so you know I almost secured my card for this year after those four events. And staying in the top 25 for most of the year, you know, had a really good chance to get my card through the nationwide tour. Um, and it kind of fell off at the end of the year. But went to Q School, finished tied for second, and here I am. So, uh, you know, I'm tickled to death that I didn't find another job. And uh, I can tell you, after being out here for a year, I wouldn't trade this job for anything. You know, it's, it's the best place in the world to play golf playing against the best players in the world every week, playing the best golf courses in the world just about every week. Um, I mean, does it get much better than this? If, if it does, you're going to have to show me. I mean, I, I enjoy everything about it. So there you have it, William McGirt. And uh, I got the feeling anybody listening to that, uh, that discussion of his career path uh, will become an instant fan. And I don't know when I've heard a better description of, you know, the long and winding road of getting to and staying on the PGA Tour. Now, one household name from the PGA Tour that does not have that problem is uh, 
Sergio Garcia, who grew up in Spain, is a well-known soccer fan, uh, shall we call it football, as he did, and uh, he actually owns a piece of a team in Spain. And there was something really cool this week uh, on Wednesday where uh, Sergio practiced with the New England Revolution Major League Soccer team at the pitch behind uh, Gillette Stadium, right beside where the Patriots hold their training camp. And it was great. And my observation was simply that if you walked up onto the pitch, had no idea who he was, and simply watched the 90-minute practice of the New England Revolution professional soccer team, he, you would not have noticed uh, Sergio uh, not belonging, shall we say. He blended right in. He's got game. He's in great shape. And uh, seemed to be, like, again, a, a very, very impressive guy. And uh, so uh, after he was done, they presented him with a Rev's jersey. And he had a few comments. And the first of uh, which was his soccer background. Uh, obviously, practice with some teams in Spain. Uh, and we obviously we own a team there. Uh, but it's uh, third division. So. It's always fun to uh, to do something that, that you love. I've always I've always loved playing playing football, and uh, you know I'd like to thank the New England Revolution and all the team and Steve, the coaches, and everybody to for giving me the chance of, of practicing with with them this week. And Sergio uh, proved himself to be a serious professional athlete. Uh, I mean, you know, anybody who knows anything about soccer knows you're just running nonstop. And here's what uh, Sergio had to say about his level of fitness. Uh, the fitter you are, the, the better you feel out there, uh, and it obviously helps. But at the end of the day, it comes down to uh, to playing. And uh, golf is, is not like uh, football or soccer, however you want to guys want to call it, uh, where you obviously need to be uh, very very extremely fit to, to be running for for 90 minutes full on. So uh, you uh, in golf you can be a little bit chubbier and, and, and do okay. Uh, at the end at the end of the road. Obviously, the fitter you are, the, the better is uh, your career going to be overall. But, uh, you know, uh, we, we try to, to stay in shape. And, and, you know, in addition to obviously growing up playing the game and enjoying playing it to this day, uh, he's simply a huge fan. And, of course, the reigning World Cup champions in soccer is the country of Spain. And here was uh, Sergio's thoughts on Spain winning the World Cup last year. I think that uh, we uh, we obviously had our chances, and unfortunately, uh, it always seemed like uh, there was something stepping in the way. And fortunately for us, uh, we won the the Euro Cup. I think that the World Cup was important, but the Euro Cup was more more important because it's what kicks us off. Uh, it's what got us going in 2008, uh, and uh, it made uh, it gave the team the belief that they could do it. And then they, they got to to the World Cup, and obviously they they played great. Uh, a lot of tough matches, but uh, they got through, and uh, I mean, the, the 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 whole country was was so excited. Uh, I happened to be in, in Madrid on that weekend, uh, watching it. I couldn't I couldn't go to South Africa, but uh, you know, everybody was on the on the streets celebrating, and it was it was just amazing. And as we all know, with the Yankees Red Sox uh, just finishing up a three-game series at Fenway, many consider that the greatest American sports rivalry. But if, if you're talking sports rivalry uh, in a global sense, they don't get any better than Barcelona and Real Madrid. And here was uh, Sergio's thoughts on that. Uh, it's simple as that. Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm a Real Madrid fan, but, uh, but I'm a fan of football. And 
I can see who's, who plays good football and who doesn't. So uh, Barcelona is just, you know, it's just amazing. Uh, I think Madrid is catching up. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's a shame that uh, we don't have maybe uh, three or four more really strong teams on, on the Spanish league. Uh, so it looks like it's, it's going to be a battle between the top two. So watching and listening to Sergio was just one of many uh, neat observances I've had the past uh, three days uh, as I cover the golf tournament. And uh, on Tuesday, they had what is known as the Red Sox Pro-Am Day. And many uh, former Red Sox legends were out there and did have an encounter uh, you know, with Fred Lynn after he hit his tee shot on the 16th hole, a par three over the water, the signature hole. And, you know, there was, of course, some people standing around, not a lot, had pretty much had the course to ourselves. And, uh, and I was so impressed with Fred Lynn, uh, a young boy asked him for an autograph. And then, as often happens, a few more people showed up. And again, the, while the other four people in his fivesome are headed to the hole, he stayed at the tee, took pictures, signed autographs, and was just generally... Uh, as friendly as they come, and uh, and by the way, he has a serious golf game, and uh, watched him for a few holes, and could not have been more impressed. Uh, no surprise, he was a natural baseball player, and he's a natural golfer. Uh, he's just a great athlete, and uh, so it's just been again a wonderful weekend. And a couple Bruins played, as in world, as in Stanley Cup champion Bruins, and. Uh, Observed David Krejci, uh, who I believe was the leading scorer in the Stanley Cup playoffs last year, and uh, he just hit a monstrous drive. Uh, and then I was reading the next day where uh, where he's really up to his golf game. So again, uh, very impressive guy. Friendly again. Stop. Talk with people. Signing autographs. Taking photos. And uh, you know, so it was just great to see. And then. Um, Basically closed out the day yesterday, which was the typical uh, pro-am. And, for instance, Chris, Chris Berman from uh, ESPN played uh, Sean McDonough, uh, among many others. And, uh, and it was great to watch. And then after it was all said and done, as I was awaiting the shuttle back to the media parking lot, uh, went on to the practice tee and had a real treat about 4.30 in the afternoon where I got to watch Dustin Johnson, who won the Barclays this past weekend and is considered by many as the longest hitter in the PGA, as in longer than Tiger Woods. Uh, was basically out there all alone, just uh, teeing off, literally, and it was just a sight to behold. I mean, he was hitting him easily 350. There was a, a big hill in the distance, and he was just simply hitting him out of sight. No other way to say it, and it was just uh, as enjoyable uh, five minutes I've ever had watching someone uh, just hit the hell out of a golf ball like I've never seen before. So once again, it's time to take our break and to join the show. Call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. And join us, joining us next will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Super Bowl champ Lionel Dalton is taking to the internet airwaves with his own brand of sports talk. You'll go inside the mind of the players and find out if blacklisting really happens, what their thoughts are on training camps, where the former NFL players are now, and why being drafted by the wrong NFL team can kill a promising player's career. Lionel will also cover what's up with the Baltimore Ravens. Tune in to Sports Talk with Lionel Dalton live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The revolution has begun with Jim and Trav. Listen this week as Randall Eden, Shannon Young, Josh Fleming, and Joe Hosmer tell us why it's important to get our kids in the outdoors. Plus, Cat Daddy will have some catfishy tips, and Nick Rhodes has a new twist on wildlife management you'll want to hear. This is sponsored by Ram Trucks at RamTrucks.com. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. I'm Jim Ferguson. I'll see you on the trail. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me, John Inglesby, at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we have our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And welcome, Barry, and glad, uh, glad you, like me, survived the hurricane. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a, you know, as a, you know, we're speaking a little bit during the break, it was, uh, we were very fortunate, you know, a lot of people still without power, it's still a mess in a lot of places, uh, you know, Vermont in particular, still some places in New Jersey, uh, where a flooding was, and it was a big issue, but, uh, yeah, we came through fine, and, uh, very fortunate, and, uh, you know, looking forward to a big sports weekend this weekend. Absolutely, and speaking of sports, I was thinking of you this morning when I heard about the, uh, now famous New York Post headline of the Yankees' new phenom prospect, and the headline in the New York Post was "Jesus Coming." Did you write that one? I did not. Um, I okay, had to ask credit for that, but it was that 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 that's a good head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus Montero is now up, and uh, you know, as uh, you know, as the rosters expand, uh, and, you know, I think we'll get to see a lot of uh, some of the young young stars in the final months of the season, maybe not as much uh, on the teams that are still in the race. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, Yankees-Red Sox was very compelling, as it always is uh, this week, you know, up in Fenway Park, and the Yankees taking two out of three. And, 
you know, I think the I think you know for the Yank from the Yankees' point of view, you know, the, it, it meant a lot to them knowing that they can play with the Red Sox because you know there was some feeling that you know the Red Sox kind of had the Yankees' number this season, but you know uh, the Yankees taking two out of three, so it's basically going to come down to you have the two best teams in the American League, uh, you know, likely uh, likely foes in the ALCS, you know, uh, if if things fall right, and uh, right. you know. You, Basically, they're both going to make the playoffs. We pretty much know that. So it's going to—you have the two teams separated by a half game, and you got one month left in the regular season. And it's—it's—it's it's, it's big because you know you figure well they'll both make the playoffs anyway. But you know you, the, the half game is the difference between a team being the wild card and the other team likely having a home field advantage uh, until the World Series. So uh, you know they're, they're a lot to play for and uh, big—it's definitely a playoff atmosphere at Fenway Park this week, and you know, I'm sure it'll be the same when the teams meet again the third week of September with a lot more on the line at that point. So, uh, you know, a lot, lot to look at uh, from that point of view for the Yankees and the Red Sox, I think. Well, four-hour games notwithstanding, I think America is ready for the first uh, Red Sox-Yankees uh, ALCS since the famous 2004 3-0 comeback by the Red Sox. And, uh well, I hope we get it. I mean, I'm really getting the itch for it, you know, and this past week just got me, uh, you know, excited at the prospect. There really is quite nothing quite like it in American sports. Uh, you know, if those two are going to go at it over the course of hopefully what will probably be seven games again. And, uh, yeah, so I, I just, you know, and what I like about it is uh, we saw a little bit of that uh, old chippiness come back. I think the, the rivalry has been a little bit... Uh, too friendly or less of a rivalry than we're used to in the past four or five years. And, uh, but yet I, I thought some of that came back with, uh, you know, the Yankees catcher and, uh, you, you know, uh, showing his caffeine induced personality, I guess that guy has, uh, Cervelli is just something to behold. And he, uh, you know, he hit a home run, clapped when he got to home plate, Felt like he was showing up the catcher and the pitcher. Got plunked on his next at bat. Benches cleared, but zero punches thrown. But anyway, good to see if you like this rivalry, which I do. Yeah, and you know, it, it, you lose this before. You know, the, the, what I would love to see the the the, the way to make, the one way that I would love to make this rivalry better is I think all games between the Yankees and Red Sox should start at 10 a.m. That way, you know, yeah. you don't have to worry about deadlines. You don't have to worry about anything else. And, right. So uh, that way that you know if it's for, it's a five hour game who cares you know that would be that would be the only thing that I would change but uh, other than that yeah I mean the the intensity was certainly there this week and uh, you know as you say the, the the juice in the rivalry might be coming back a little bit and I expect it to be more the same again when these two teams meet uh, a couple more weeks against the stadium. Well, just to give you a classic example of what it's become uh, last night I. You know, was over at the restaurant surrounding Gillette Stadium doing something a little different, watching the game uh, on a TV, literally with, where you could hear the crowd from inside Gillette Stadium, but I was outside the stadium watching it at a restaurant. Uh, and, you know, came back from the game, watched, you know, the post game, Giants, Patriots, that is. And when it was all said and done, and we're talking 11.30, quarter 12 at night, you know, then I just basically casually turned over to Yankees, Red Sox. I knew it was going to be on. I didn't even, like, you know, check it out during commercials of the end of the Patriots game. It's just like 
so automatic now, these four-hour games, that again, I, I just turned it over. Sure enough, there it was, eighth at top of the eighth, and, you know, I got to see the, the most important two innings. So it's just, uh, it's just a bit much. You, you, you know, it's just such a difference from every other Major League Baseball, the game that's played on a, you know, consistent level that, <clears throat> you know, nothing will happen this year, but I think they're going to have to do something next year. And obviously the key reason behind it is both teams have the same hitting philosophy, which is take as many pitches as you can to tire out the starting pitchers to get to the bullpen. That's why it happens. Right. And, you know, you also, too, you know, when you start paying attention and start watching the game really closely, you do see a lot of guys stepping out of the box, you know, holding runners on and, you know, pitching changes and, you know, just, you know, guys, uh, you know, pitchers coming in, pitching to one batter, coming out and, you know, maybe a little bit of, of overmanaging on both sides, you know, but there's, I think all of those factors play together. And, you know, certainly, you know, if you're a Yankee fan or a Red Sox fan, you're going to watch the game regardless. You know, I, I, I kind of right. wonder what kind of sell it's going to be the rest of the country. You know, if the rest of the country is going to buy into this, you know, well, that, that remains to be seen. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of four-hour baseball, no matter who's playing, myself. Right. But, you know, at least, you know, you have, you have the rivalry to kind of keep that going. But it does, it does tend to make the game tedious because baseball is a game that's meant to be played in, you know, two and a half hours. You know, two hours, 45 minutes. I mean, you know, back in the old days, you know, you saw, you saw games routinely played for two hours. Of course, it was for the, for the days of, uh, of television and relief pitching and uh, left-handed uh, specialists and all that stuff. But, um, you know, uh, I, I, you know that, that would be my major beef of, of a Yan- any, any Yankee Red Sox series, is, uh, you know, especially on a night when I'm working on the, on the sports desk at the, desk at the post. You know, you, you definitely don't want those four-hour games, you know, uh, Oh, nobody's more affected than, uh, you know, sports editors and newspapers nationwide. Uh, you know, it's just incredible, especially on the East Coast. And, yes, I've been in Fenway Park uh, often for these, you know, four-hour Yankee Red Sox games and uh, ones that begin at 8 o'clock, which is exactly when they'll be beginning, if not later, uh, should they meet in October. So you're automatically looking at games ending in October after... Uh, you know, after midnight, and that's people are working, kids are going back to school, so, you know, it's a bit of an issue, shall we say, and, uh, you know, sticking with baseball, one thing that I found uh, very interesting, and I just want to touch on it before we go to break, uh, we're down to two minutes now, is that uh, Frank McCourt was offered $1.2 billion for the Dodgers, uh, which is $800 million more than he paid for it. In my mind, he should take the deal. Um, although I think now with his divorce settlement with uh, Jamie, his estranged wife, uh, she'll automatically get half of it, so that may cause him pause. But uh, again, $1.2 billion. That's uh, that's one heck of an offer. I think it's the best he's going to get. And if he doesn't sell, he's still going to have just the nightmare relate relationship uh, with uh, you know with Major League Baseball. It's just simply not going to work. So with that said, we're going to take our break, and uh, we'll be back on the other side. Voice America Sports. 
The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment four, the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. This is your host, John Inglesby, and to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. And I am still here with Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And Barry, hallelujah, football is back. And by that, I mean college football is back. It started last night. Uh, Wisconsin routed UNLV. Uh, you know, we're talking the big-time games here. And uh, in, in a thriller... Syracuse won an overtime game, so uh, and tomorrow night is just going to be uh, as good as it gets. Where we have Oregon and LSU, two of the best teams in the country, playing each other in Dallas Cowboys Stadium, uh, with the backdrop of, of course, uh, LSU's quarterback and other players uh, not being able to play in the game after being arrested last weekend for a barroom brawl down in. Uh, Baton Rouge. So, what do you think, Barry? You ready for some football? Uh, yeah, we're always ready for college football. You know, it's uh, the, the the pageantry is great. It's you know very different from the pro game in that respect. Um, you know, I, Oregon LSU obviously is intriguing for you know a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, I think that uh, you know you, you have to give Oregon the edge, obviously because of of, of the suspensions uh, that affect the LSU team. Um, but you know, wouldn't it be wouldn't it be something if LSU uh, rose above that and somehow uh, found a way to beat Oregon? That that would that would be really really compelling theater. You know, uh, you have a lot of you know that game aside, you do have a lot of uh, shall we say games that uh, appear to be rather one sided. But you know, you, you never 
you can never take anything for granted, really. I, I really believe that. I mean, you know, you look back a few years ago, the classic example of that was the, uh, the Michigan-Appalachian State game, which, um, you know, which people still point at as, you know, pretty much the ultimate upset. And, right. you know, if you look at, if you look at, at the games this week, and, you know, I've, I've, I've nothing to base this on other than, than a hunch, or please don't take this as, as inside information or analysis or anything like that. But there's two games that I'm looking at that, you know, have that upset special quality to them. Just, just, just that, 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 that aroma of, you know, these, these might be a couple of games to really keep your eye on. One of them is the aforementioned Appalachian State uh, playing at Virginia Tech, who's number 13 in the country. Um, you know, certainly uh, Appalachian State has been there before, as we all know, and the you know, it just has that feel to me, and, I, and, and again, I, I don't have any basis for this other than you know what? Let's let, let's take a look at this. And the other game too is a, a regional rivalry. You got East Carolina at uh, Southern Carolina. Uh, Southern Carolina is over twelve in the country, and East Carolina coming in. And again, you know, this is like this is their Super Bowl. So yeah, well, it's uh, East Carolina has uh, pulled off. Many upsets. Uh, they're, you know, they, they are even, you know, their program's even further along with consistency than Appalachian State, and uh, so I totally agree that uh, they very well could pull off the big upset. Uh, yeah, there's, you know, there's that's the beauty of college football. You, you just never know. Um, one game I've been looking at very closely is uh, South Florida at Notre Dame. Tomorrow at 3.30, I covered Big East Football Media Day down here in Newport, Rhode Island, and had a chance to chat with Skip Holtz, who is, uh, you know, just a, a hugely charismatic personality, and he's already done some good things there, and I just got, I would not at all be surprised if he's going to have this team ready, that I can guarantee you. And just would not be surprised if uh, if Skip Holtz, uh, you know, can pull the upset down there. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know if we have Barry back with us. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, Barry, what do you think about that South Florida Notre Dame game? I was blown away by Skip Holtz when I met him at Big East Football Media Day a few weeks back, and uh, he's going to have that team ready. I mean, they're, they're definitely a comer. Well, you know, and then, you know, I think any team that plays a, a team like Notre Dame, I mean, you know, you're, you're always going to be a target, you know, especially a school like Notre Dame, which, you know, they're, they're sort of like, uh, like, like the Dallas Cowboys of college football, right? Either, either you love them or you hate them or somewhere. There's not, not very much in between there. So Correct. any, any team that plays Notre Dame is good. That's going to be their, their game of the year, especially, uh, you know, especially a team like the one they're playing this week. So, you know, yeah, I, I think there's uh, there's definitely some uh, some upset potential there as well. Right. Well, it absolutely puts them on the map. And then the other big game besides uh, Oregon LSU, the other what I consider just marquee game because of just you know the implications uh, is obviously Boise State at Georgia. Between the hedges, uh, Boise State continues to need to fight. You know, to have to fight for respect and. Uh, and, you know, they were right there last year. And, of course, then the famous uh, missed field goals by their kicker. And they lost their undefeated season and, uh, and just a whole lot more, to put it mildly. 
So, um, I think that bears, you know, a tremendous amount of watching. Um, but, you know, yeah, there's just, uh, you know, great games sprinkled throughout. Uh, I'm curious to see Southern Cow, you know, wh- where do they stand under Lane Kiffin and, you know, with the near-death penalty and the suspensions in the wake of the Reggie Bush situation? Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I again, Minnesota, Big Ten team, quality history you, you, of sorts, shall we say. I, yeah. They're a big-time program. And uh, if not with a record, certainly with uh, just, you know, an athletic budget. So I got the feeling uh, that they could, uh, you know, and, and I think at USC there's just uncertainty. Uh, so that one catches my eye as well. Yeah, I agree. Um you know, as you say, you know they're not a they're you know they're not uh, not a one double A school. You know they're they're right. they're a Big Ten school. They're used to playing against strong competition, and uh, yeah, that that definitely seems to be a, a a game that that's definitely on the on the target list of, of games to watch this weekend. You know, along with the other games that I mentioned, uh, were, which was uh, Virginia Tech, Appalachian State, and South Carolina, East Carolina. So. Uh, all all of those I think bear close watching this weekend. Yeah, and the, and those those Carolina that Carolina game uh, is you know we didn't really get a chance to expand on that, but I saw where Steve Spurrier is not starting his star quarterback who's had a history of suspensions and whatnot. Uh, South Carolina, I mean, they actually have a chance to win the SEC, which is stunning, stunning to say the least. So yeah, um, so. East Carolina is going against a backup quarterback, and I think that that is really going to be uh, very interesting. But you know, it's just so great to have uh, you know to have college football back. I, I, I just uh, and I think there's actually some games on Sunday which I found interesting. I believe uh, like West Virginia is playing on Sunday, and uh, so I just found that interesting. I don't know, you know. Uh, on Labor Day weekend, that kind of goes back and forth. Obviously, the NFL doesn't start till next week. We're under a week to the NFL, by the way. But that's mm-hmm. also good news. But yeah, I think it's just going to be. Uh, yeah, we have um, Marshall at West Virginia Sunday at three thirty, and I think that's. Uh, I covered the Mountaineers. I lived in West Virginia, worked at a newspaper there for a few years, and. Uh, Again, we've been talking a lot of rivalries today, and that's one of the best ones you'll ever find. And, uh, Barry, believe it or not, we've pretty much come to the end of the show. Hard to believe. They, they, this half hour goes very quickly. Yes, it does. But, uh, you know, I just want to quickly, before we, uh, before we close, I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, the city of Boston's latest championship team which is the boston cannons of major league lacrosse who as listeners of the show will remember uh i covered the uh major league lacrosse all-star game up here at harvard stadium had the commissioner uh on our show uh david gross and also after the all-star game interviewed paul rabel the face of ml uh of, of the Major League Lacrosse and plays for the Boston Cannons, as well as Pat Heim, who played college at Penn State and uh, back where in the area where I grew up. And uh, I was proud to note that both of them played key roles uh, in the Cannons winning the actual championship game. So, 
Great to see. And then uh, lastly, we're, uh, my appointment viewing of the weekend is no surprise, the Deutsche Bank Championship. Uh, it's going to be on all weekend long, and it, it will be you know great theater, great track out there. Again, it's the only PGA event that ends on a Monday, which is pretty cool, on Labor Day. Weather's looking a little shaky, by the way for mid to late afternoon, so we're going to see how that plays out uh, for Monday, final round. And, uh, of course, all the college football we mentioned, high, uh, headlined by Oregon LSU. So, Barry, time to wrap up again. Have a great weekend and week. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, as always, John. Look forward to doing it again next week. You're welcome. And next week, Barry, we're going to be talking NFL. So I can't wait and look forward to uh, talking again next week. And as always, thank you for listening to All Around Sports. Have a happy Labor Day weekend. We look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.